Welcome to Balance Your Life, a podcast designed to motivate you to begin and maintain your health and wellness journey. My name is Megan Farrell. I'm the creator of the Balance by Megan brand, host of this podcast, yoga enthusiast and teacher, motivational and lifestyle speaker, and blogger. I love inspiring and empowering others to live a more positive, successful, healthier, and happier lifestyle. If this sounds like you, you're in the right place. Let's do this. Welcome everyone to the Balance Your Life podcast. I'm your host, Megan Farrell. I'm the creator of the Balance by Megan brand, which is a blog, a YouTube channel, and a podcast. Before we dive into this week's episode, a quick reminder about the Costa Rica yoga retreat I am co-hosting with Amanda Kingsmith from Mastering the Business of Yoga. This is a retreat to grow and expand your yoga business. So we have workshops focused on goal setting, how you envision your business to look like in the future, social media, and how to lead your own retreat. We have so much more planned for you guys. This is going to be a retreat in which you can get really creative with your ideas, your business, and we also want you to be part of a community and collaborate with one another. So this is a really unique yoga retreat. I'm so excited about it. It will be held at the Bodhi Tree Yoga Resort in Nazara, Costa Rica, and that is this November 2nd through November 9th. If you want more information, I will link all of that in the show notes. Otherwise, you can reach out to me or Amanda. And with that, let's dive right into this week's episode. Welcome to the show, Nicole. I'm so happy to have you. Where are you joining me from today? Thank you for having me, Megan. I'm super excited. I've never got to be on a podcast before. (laughs) Um, I am in Bowmanville, Ontario, um, working from my office this morning. Yeah. Yeah. Your new office, which I'm so excited to talk to you about today. You and I are in our 300 hours together, and so much has happened for you. Uh, we did another training previously, but when we stepped into 300 hours together, you were just making things happen. You were just hitting the ground running, so I'm so excited to get into that. I wanted to talk about how you got started with your yoga journey. So how did it all start? Yeah, I would say that I was introduced to yoga probably coming up on 15 years ago. Wow. Um, when I was in university, I was volunteering at a summer camp for kids with special needs. Um, and one of the days they brought in a yoga instructor to do some yoga with the kids. And it was your typical kids yoga stuff, like you're a tree, you're a dog, you're a cat. But I really, it was fun, and that's what I liked about it, and it was also accessible. It didn't matter what the kids' needs were, whether they were in a wheelchair, whether they were verbal, whether they were totally independent, everyone could do it um, with some sort of a variation, which I really loved. And I kind of always say that I wish that I could say, from that day on, I did yoga every day, but <laughs> that's not the case. Yeah. I um, always kind of kept coming back to yoga. Um, as a form of fitness. Um, I'm not really an exerciser. Um, I always like to joke that I don't actually like to sweat. (laughs) But as a form of just getting a little bit of fitness in, I would always kind of come back to yoga, whether it would be at a gym or a fitness studio. 
an actual yoga studio or even just doing a little bit at home. I would kind of go on and off from uh, participating. And I was always kind of drawn to teaching yoga or at least taking teacher training. And I didn't really know why, because like I said, I wasn't a regular yogi. I just kind of did it every now and again. But for some reason, I guess I can say that I felt called to it. My background before getting into yoga um, is in human resources and adult education. Teaching and training has always kind of been something that I love to do. Um, and even when I was younger, I always thought about going into teaching um, school uh, for children and teens, but never really ended up down that path and, and kind of focused more towards teaching adults. And I think that that maybe is partly why I was drawn to teaching yoga and learning about teaching yoga. Um, but when I actually signed up to finally take the plunge and take the teacher training that I did, um, it was after a time of pretty bad depression and anxiety. I was feeling like many people that you probably encounter in our training is a little bit lost, a little bit uncertain about the path that my life is taking, feeling that there was a little bit more that could be done for me personally and that there was more out there than just kind of getting up every day, going to work, coming home, having dinner and going to bed. It was during a time that was supposed to be probably the happiest time of my life. I was engaged, I was planning a wedding, getting married to a wonderful partner. Um, and even though that kind of personal side of my life was really good, I didn't really feel as overjoyed as I should have been. So yeah, so when I kind of finally just said, you know what, I'm just gonna do it, I didn't really know where that was going to take me. I was, I was kind of going into learning how to teach yoga just for myself personally. I wanted to deepen my own yoga practice. You know, I figured I would learn how to do downward dog better, maybe perfect chaturanga. Um, but I didn't really know what I was getting into. <laughs> and I mean that in the most positive way possible. What it really became for me is so much more about the philosophy and the lifestyle behind yoga than it is actually for the physical practice. Yes. I feel like now I've probably gone off on a tangent. I forget where I was going. <laughs> no, no, it's, this is really, really good. I, I relate to you on so many different levels with this. Um, just from my own experience talking to people, I find a lot of people go into teacher training, not with the intention of, of teaching, mm -hmm. but I was different. And I haven't met anyone who was like, no, no, no. I want to go in to teach yoga. Yeah. That, that was my whole game plan was I'm literally here to get certified to teach yoga. I wanted to teach on a beach and it became so much more. Yeah. And I was like, my mind was blown after that. I was like, I literally just wanted to teach people sun salutes. And now I'm like revamping my entire life. Yeah. <laughs> like you learn so much about yourself and it does deepen your practice. And I really too, I fell in love with the philosophy side of yoga, living the life of yoga. I'm really into like the chakras. And this all started because I was like, I just need to teach people downward dogs yeah. on a beach and live life like that. And like, the universe was like, nope, we're taking you down a different route, which has been amazing. But um, I think this is so interesting. I haven't met anyone. Everyone's been the opposite where they go in for personal and they come out teaching. And you and I both wanted to teach and came out <laughs> leaving our jobs and everything, which I'll get more into. But 
when you first started, you said you kind of did it as exercise. Mm -hmm. Was there a particular style of yoga that you were drawn to in that sense? <laughs> it's kind of funny that you asked me that because really the kind of yoga I've always been drawn to is restorative yoga, which is not really good for exercising. <laughs> That's okay. It kind of defeats the purpose, but yeah, that tends to be the style of yoga that I really love. But yeah, just like it's typical. I don't really, like I said, I don't like to get too physical. So like a really gentle kind of hatha style is probably my preference and what yeah. I've always been drawn to. Um, and then as well, like the real relaxation part of the restorative style of yoga. Yeah, no, that's okay. Uh, yeah, I think there's there's some people who get into yoga specifically for exercise. Um, most common, I find, when it's that form is like power yoga or hot yoga. Yeah, that's too sweaty. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, not for me. No, thank you. Uh, and I, I do, like, I, I practice, I don't practice hot yoga. I, it's a whole other different podcast conversation. Uh, but I do, I appreciate, I like power yoga. But it's funny because I came from a power yoga background and, like, my favorite thing to do now is yin. I'm like, let's just chill and relax. Like, how long can we make shavasana? Can it be half an hour? Well, that's the thing, right? I think that's a misconception about restorative yoga, that it's not. It's only good for the the mind, but there is actually a fitness part of it. Like, it's, yeah, it's not holding your muscles, but it's releasing the tension in your muscles so that your body can work smarter, I think. Yeah, yeah. Even just to, like, I think it's really nice to, at the end of, you know, a long day, just to relax. You know, maybe you've been sitting in an office all day and a little bit of movement, like, I also don't think it's very smart for people to sit for long periods of time in an office job and then go do an hour of, you know, hot power yoga. It, it, it doesn't make sense to me that you would have yeah, a for injury, <laughs> right? Like you would, you just exert so much energy in a short period of time. And then most likely people go home and they sit on the couch. I'm like, it just doesn't make sense. I yeah. think it's more, sustainable to do little spurts throughout the day I try to fit in an hour of yoga every day but you know in the morning I'm doing 10 to 20 minutes of stretching at night I slow down and do some stretching um yeah I just I think there I think there's so many benefits to all types of yoga and your restorative yoga pose like pictures that you post online look so comfortable I'm always like that looks so peaceful and so yeah. rejuvenating. So I, I add like a little bit of like Thai yoga massage. I do aromatherapy. So good. Oh, so good. <laughs> yeah. I've been trying some Thai massage and Brad's the lucky one at home who gets, gets <laughs> the practice. I'm like, let me just try this. And he's like, go ahead, babe. Like take your time. <laughs> lucky guy. Please don't massage me. <laughs> I do that. Um, so when you, you said you were called to do teacher training, did someone talk about it and you were like, Hey, that sounds really interesting. Did you see a flyer or did you just know it was a thing? And you're like, I just feel the need to do this. Um, no, I just, I would always see it. So when I lived in Toronto, I was practicing at yoga tree. Okay. And they would always advertise for their teacher training program. But for theirs, you needed to have a certain number of like class hours before you could even start. Okay. They were a little bit more strict on who could sign up. 
Um, but yeah, I would just see it and I would just kind of think, oh, that's interesting. I mean, part mm-hmm. of it, I'm kind of a learning junkie. Like, I just love to learn things. So like any course I can take and learn more about something, I really do. I'm a big advocate of continuous learning throughout life. Like I said, I did did my undergraduate degree. Then I ended up doing a teaching English as a foreign language certificate. Then I did a human resources post-grad. Then I did a certificate in teaching and training of adults. Like, so like I've always constantly been working on some sort of learning for myself and for my career growth. So I just always kind of would see it posted, like I said, at the yoga studio. And then um, when I started practicing in Ajax, where I now live, um, again, I would see it posted. And there were a few times that it was advertised and I kind of thought, hmm, that might be interesting. Maybe that's, maybe that's something different to try or something new to learn that's outside of my typical learning trend of going to like a college kind of course. And yeah, I didn't even, so I had, a, I think I had signed up originally for like an info session, but my anxiety causes me to do this really stupid thing where I sign up for things and then I don't do them. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how many dollars I've wasted or spent. Wasted is not the right way to say it, but that I've spent on like signing up for something and then I go, I have to go to the house. <laughs> like, so not that the info session was a free session, but yeah, I signed up for it and then I didn't end up going. And then I was like, oh, forget it. Like, I'm just going to. Here's my credit card. Like, let's just do it. Like, good for you. And I feel like, I mean, I know this is woo-woo for some people, but like, I feel like it was divine timing. Like, I never felt so connected to so many women and like so many people and like the group of women that I was in the teacher training with for the 200 hour. I just like instantly felt a connection to them all. And the same with all the other trainings I've gone to, and then now in the 300 hour, like it's just unbelievable and I just am now getting to that point where I am kind of thinking yeah like I think there is bigger things at play here and there's reasons why you choose to do things at certain times in your life and make certain decisions and I like to have faith that I do the things that when I do them at the right time so yeah so I just kind of said yes and went for it and haven't looked back really yeah I think that's that's super powerful do you find since doing your 200 and even stepping into the 300 hour that the decisions that you make come easier or you're not as anxious about making a commitment or a decision? Let me think about it for a second. Yeah, I would say yes and no. It's still something that I'm struggling with. um, Decision making. I do definitely have a lot of self-doubt when I decide to do things. Um, but at the same time, I've always kind of been the kind of person that once I've made this, like once I've made a decision, I kind of stick to it. Okay. Until it's time to make another decision. So, you know, I did the 200 hour, and then I had the opportunity to do some coaching, and I wavered on that for a while, um, and then basically broke down in tears through a different conversation with my coach and mentor. But she was talking about something else, and I was like. I just started to cry. It was in our last 200-hour weekend. She was talking about something else, and I just started bawling, thinking, like, I'm terrified to take this step to do coaching with you um, Mm -hmm. and to sign up for your program. Um, But the fear of not doing it is now greater. Um, So that was kind of, like, it's still kind of that wavering and kind of self-doubting and thinking, like, am I crazy? Why am I doing this? Um, And then, again, like, sometimes I'll make a decision and think, yes, that's a good decision. I made it. And then, again, the self-doubt creeps in. 
Yeah. So that's definitely something I'm still working on. Um, I feel that um, hopefully over time, as I continue my self-development and growth, that it will get a little bit easier. But I am trying to get better at having faith that when I do make a decision, that it's the right one. And if it's not, I can always make another decision. Not, not getting hung up on the worry. Absolutely. I, that, that was a little unfair of me because that was a little bit, I don't want to say of a trick question, but I think, I mean, it's not like you do 200 hours and you're like, yeah, no, I make decisions on the fly now. Like it's still a work in progress, but I think of maybe for me, this may not resonate with everybody, but I now look at making decisions as I can catch myself if I'm wavering or if something is fear-based right? It still might not allow me to make a decision right away, but I'm now very conscious of, okay, Megan, you know, that's fear coming up. What are you fearful of? Mm -hmm. And sometimes it does come down to, this is a terrifying step to make, but not taking that step is a hundred times worse. So I might not know the outcome, but I can't be here anymore. Yeah, and I think that's kind of the way that I make decisions now. It's like, what's the bigger risk? Yes, yep. And we'll talk about it a little bit more when we get into some other stuff. But yeah, like, it's what's the bigger risk? And then also, like, what do you, what do you not, like, what are you doing to yourself to not make the decision? Like, what is the, what's the pain point of that decision not being made, I guess? And I the other thing, too, it's like when I have that fear and worry come up, it's like, similar to what you're saying, is I kind of say, like, is that now that I'm more aware of like the subconscious and conscious patterns and the subconscious beliefs, it's like your subconscious mind confuses you to keep you stuck in your old ways. So by being aware of that and saying, okay, is this my unconscious pattern coming up again? Saying like, no, you need to stay stuck. That's kind of another way I kind of help myself to work through those decision-making roadblocks. Yeah, I think there's there's so much power in what you're saying, and I, I couldn't agree more with you. Yeah, I think that's part of what the journey of teacher training really is a, about. And I, part of me kind of wishes they would come up with a different name because it negates what so much of yoga teacher training really is. People think it's to teach yoga, but you learn so much about yourself, and I think that's part of the, the journey is realizing mm-hmm what your triggers are and what holds you back in that state of saying no or confusion. And yeah, it's a journey. Like you, you become aware of these things and by becoming aware of it, it it does become easier over time to say yes or to make those decisions and not always know the outcome. And I always say, once you start drinking that like yoga Kool-Aid there's no going back because you're so much more aware of things now so I want to talk about the very big decision that you made so for those of you who don't know you have since left your job and started your own studio your own your own your own collective collaborative space which I think is really really nice it's very it's very community based which is what yoga is all about so can you walk me through that whole step when did you decide yep this is what I'm gonna do and then what were the steps from there yeah so I mean I was working in like a corporate job I was working in a government job very bureaucratic very 
kind of sticky where people are just miserable. And although I, I generally liked my day-to-day work, it wasn't filling me up. You know, my cup always felt empty. Felt it. Felt empty. <laughs> um, and, you know, I had gone along that path of, like, I'd gone to university, struggled to find work after getting my bachelor's degree, and then I had done a post-grad and kind of specialized and got that good job with the good pay and the benefits and the pension and all that kind of stuff that, you know, you're supposed to get. And I still just felt lost. Whether I was, like, I was commuting the last couple years um, from Ajax to downtown Toronto, I just, I just felt, ugh. <laughs> that's the only, like, I know that's a really ugly noise, but, like, that's just kind of how I felt, like, every day, like, I just struggled to get to work, and I mean, I think that that exasperated my anxiety and my depression, I think, generally kind of prone to those mental health issues anyway, that are manageable, and they've always kind of been manageable, but in the last couple of years, I just felt them getting worse, and so, like I said, I stepped into the 200 hour, and then I did a coaching program, and really tapped into kind of what my soul purpose is, and again, for anyone that thinks that that sounds really woo-woo, just really getting in touch with what I really want to be doing with my life. I am in my early 30s. I just got married, like I said. have my whole life ahead of me. And the idea of working in a job for another 30 years just so I can retire on a good pension to finally do what I want to do seems mad to me. And, I, and that's such, it's such an old way of thinking. It's not a bad way of thinking because it used to be that's what your life was. You would get that job for life and be supported and be comforted and, and kind of day to day. But then the cost of living it has expanded so much that like it maybe would have been different if I wasn't commuting for so far and I could actually live around the corner from my job. But the cost of living in downtown Toronto is totally outlandish. Yeah. My husband and I are not city people either. <laughs> we were happy to move to the suburbs. But yeah, I just, like I said, I just felt really unsettled, I think is kind of the best way to describe it. And so after I did the 200 hour and then again, decided, okay, yeah, maybe I will teach some yoga on the side. I will get tap in more into my soul purpose and my true meaning of life, like I was saying. And as I kind of did that self-development work, I started thinking like, you know, there is more. (laughs) Before I was thinking there must be more and now I'm finding out that there is. Um, And getting some tools on, you know, how to run a business that comes from a place of service to other people and to the universe and the world, as opposed to from a corporate bureaucratic, I want to make a lot of money, kind of negative connotation of business ownership. Like that was really meaningful to me to learn that, you know, you can, you can still make money and be successful, but you can do it from a place of service to other people and, you know, share your gifts with people. So that was really meaningful for me. So I was on that kind of path and kind of figuring things out. And I kind of kept saying to my husband, you know, eventually down the road, I want to like work on my job. And even when I was doing my coaching, I was like, you know, that's probably like my five-year plan, like find a way to make it work. And then in the fall, I kind of had a little bit of a stumble in a sense. Um, And we eventually learned in our 300 hour that it could be called a terror barrier. Yeah. Again, your, your unconscious mind, your subconscious mind kind of blocks you. Like you, you, you get, you know, that sense of terror or fear and you say, what the fuck am I doing? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just got a new job in, at work. You know, things are going a little bit better and I was kind of had a new purpose there. So I was like, oh, maybe it's not so bad. And, you know, kind of did that self-sabotage of like talking myself out of it. 
I was teaching some yoga at a studio, but it just wasn't the right fit and it was making me not like yoga, which was not nice. And I kind of got called out by um, our lovely coach and mentor <laughs> for, you know, being kind of like, she was kind of like, why are you being bitter? And why are you doing something that's not aligning with your soul purpose? So I kind of had that setback. And when you have that, you hit that terror barrier as you learned, you kind of drop down even further than where you were when you first started your growth. So I kind of went through that during the fall. Um, I even was questioning whether or not I should actually do the 300 hour. Okay. Um, I had kind of committed to doing that almost immediately after they posted that it was going to be there. I was like, yes, I want to do it. Like I'm all for it. And then I kind of, again, self-doubt and the questioning. I was like, why am I even doing this? Because is yoga my sole purpose? Because um, I'm doing my sole purpose development. I'm all about creativity. Like I want to help people get in touch with their creative side. Lovely. In a nutshell. Yeah. That's what it is. And then I was trying, then I was questioning, like, is yoga really in line with that? Like, why am I even doing that at all? But really, <laughs> I was still kind of on that path. And then I was like, well, I have to pay for it anyway. So I might as well just do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I put there the deposit down. <laughs> so, yeah. And so I went ahead with it. And leading up to it, I did a little bit more um, kind of soul searching and soul purpose, deep, diving deeper a little bit more into my soul purpose. And just kind of really flushing it out. And then we stepped into the first weekend of the 300 hour in early January of 2019. And it was a really powerful weekend. Um, I, to be honest, I can't even really remember what the actual topic was. Even though it was super life-changing and powerful. Like, yeah. I, don't yeah. Really I, I know that we talked a lot about, again, self-purpose and doing what you want to do. And, you know, taking action and not just letting life pass you by. Like that kind of stuff. And I think we had written down some stuff like what can you, what can you do today to kind of like move your life forward or whatever. Yep. And my kind of like promise to myself was that, you know, I'm going to start making a plan to leave my job because that's truly what I want. I don't want to continue to commute. I don't want to continue to do this uh, work. I want to like actually take a stab at working for myself. So I went home on that Sunday night and said to my husband that, you know, like, I think it's time for me to really actually do this. And he was just kind of like, yeah, you keep saying that. Like, are you kidding yeah. So I kind of was, okay, I'm going to start thinking about when, you know, when to give a notice, when I'm going to, when's going to be my last day, how much notice am I going to give? Like, what are my options? And then the next day on the Monday, I saw this beautiful space for rent, like almost immediately. And she was like, is available now and she was like I want someone who's doing yoga or wellness or something I sent an email and I just said hey I'm interested can I come see and I went on the like I think that was the Monday on Wednesday I went to see it and I was like you know what like let's like it's just a perfect space and and just kind of felt like such a right option and the fact that it land, landed on my doorstep the very next day after I made the decision to me is tr true proof of that manifestation of your desires I never really believed in that so much, but that was kind of an example of it that kind of smacked me over the head. That's insane. Yeah, that's a true sign from the universe going like, this is exactly what you've been asking for. Here it is. Well, and it's funny. So um, the woman that runs the collective offices where I rent my space, we'll talk about it a little bit more, but her name is Christine Carr. And she was telling me weeks later that she had been since probably November or December trying to rent it out, showing people. I think she had like 
maybe a paralegal, like some other kind of people who wanted it to run it as like an office space. Okay. There are a couple other counselors and stuff that work in this area as well. So she'd been trying to rent it out, but just wasn't finding someone that was the right fit. I think she said she showed it to like 25 people. Wow. She was like, you know, she's, she, what I love about this area, the people that work in this area, they're all about this stuff, like manifestation and the universe and all that sort of stuff. Like I sat down and I reflected on what I really wanted for that space. It came to that I want it to be yoga and wellness. So she's like, I'm just going to put it out there in the universe. She posted it on Facebook and I thought. It was like, again, on her side too, like she manifested what she wanted as well in me. So it kind of worked on both sides. So. That's amazing. Uh, that's, yeah, that's the true, I think, definition of <laughs> the law of attraction there because it benefited both people very yeah. well. And I think that's a lot of like, sometimes we get an idea in our head of what we expect something to be and then that's all that's the result we're looking for whereas if we just put something hey you know I would like a space of some kind or you know I would like to maybe own my own space and then the opportunity presents itself whether as opposed to saying like I want my own space in Toronto and it's got to be here here and here you might be missing out on opportunities. And this, I mean, I'm sure when you first thought of it, you weren't specifically like it has to be the collective offices in Bowmanville. You were just like, I would like a, a community space. Well, it's yeah. funny because I haven't, hadn't even got that far, really. Yeah. All I, all I decided that I was going to make a plan to leave my job and pursue teaching yoga. Awesome. And it was and like here. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to figure out what that's going to look like. I have space in my house where I can do some very, very small groups. So that's kind of where I thought I was going to start with just maybe one or two people at my home. But again, it was immediate that I was like, this is there and this is what I need, apparently. Wow. <laughs> I didn't even know it. So you see the space and does the decision come to you? Okay, like this day I'm putting in my notice. I already was kind of had an, a date in mind. Okay. Um, more so just like logistically, like how much notice is respectable <laughs> but yeah so I, I basically I saw the place around like the 20th of January I would say okay. maybe the 23rd or 24th and I think the following week I gave him my notice yeah yeah so yeah I saw the space basically the 20th of January and my last day at work was the 22nd of February wow oh and so you gave like a good amount of notice too yeah I gave about four and a half weeks Nice. Yeah. That's what I did when I left. I gave them. I come from my background, human resources. I know what a pain in the ass it is when someone does leave abruptly. Yeah. And I I didn't want to burn bridges, right? Like I didn't want to just be like, fuck you, I'm leaving. (laughs) Like that's the universe says to leave. Bye. (laughs) Yeah. Like that to me is not professional. Yeah. Um, You never know like if you would ever need a reference or like maybe a year from now I'm going to be like, take me back. I don't know. Like, coming from I don't want to like burn bridges and you know I didn't dislike my job I didn't dislike the people I worked with or for I just needed a change and so like I mean it wasn't personal from that perspective yeah no absolutely and I think that's also too you don't want to put out that bad energy of like yeah screwing somebody over right you're trying to start your own business the last thing you want to do is put out bad vibes (laughs) Yeah, because who knows down the road, if I have employees, I wouldn't want them to do that to me, so. Yeah, exactly. 
Okay. Wow. So you put in your notice, you have your place and like things have just been, it seems to be happening very fast for you. I'm sure like, I'm sure there might be times where you're like, oh, you know, like I have such a big vision and I haven't reached it yet. But I, I do think things are moving fast for you. So how do you feel about everything? I'm feeling pretty positive. Um, it hasn't, it hasn't moved fast, I would say. Like, I made the decision pretty quickly, but I've been thinking about it for a while. Right, okay. I gave in my notice, but, like, I did give a significant amount of time. I started renting my space February 1st, but didn't start, it didn't actually open until the beginning of March. So it's kind of, it hasn't, it hasn't. But yeah, I feel pretty good about it. It's scary, and I mean, it's at least once a week, maybe even once a day, where I'm thinking, what am I doing? <laughs> But I kind of just let that go and say, you know what? Just trust that you made the right decision and it's going to work out. 100%. And again, if it doesn't, you can just make another decision and do something else. Yeah, no, 100% though. Ultimately for me, like I, I think I mentioned this earlier, the risk of not trying and staying stuck in a career that was possibly going to kill me was worse than yes. losing my salary and my pension. That's, uh, I hope that really resonates with a lot of people. And I think it will that, like you said, you were, you were scared, you were terrified. And you know what, even if you still have those moments, you're still doing it and you're still trying. So I think this is amazing. I love your space. I've come to see it. What is, I'm not like advocating that everyone goes out and quit their job. (laughs) Everybody quits their job after listening to this. I don't think that is why. But I have a very supportive partner, which is really important. He's working a good job and he's able to support us. I made sure that our finances were in a good place so that we could live, that we're mm-hmm. not going to like lose our house or be living on the street or not be able to like, we're not having hamburger helper every day for dinner because we can't afford groceries. Like I made it a, a scary decision in a responsible way because I'm a responsible person. <laughs> Yeah, that's okay. But I think people have to weigh the pros and cons for their own situations and see how things work for them. And again, if I didn't have the support of my husband, it probably wouldn't be happening because he's the most supportive person in my life. <laughs> that's yeah. I don't think I'm nuts. <laughs> that's ve- that's very sweet. Um, I think it's it's so important to have somebody there rooting for you. And I think you did it in a very similar way in which I did it as well. I made sure we were financially okay to make this jump, but I think, and there's no, like you also don't want to come from that place of desperation in, you know, well, I hate my job, so I'm just going to quit. And then you're going to be desperate and you're going to be bitter and angry. Yeah. I've done that in my twenties. I don't want to do that. (laughs) There's, you know, sometimes maybe the jump Maybe you don't have the finances to jump ship entirely, but maybe somebody else goes down to part-time hours so that they can get their side hustle going. Or there's, there's always ways. I definitely think there's always ways and there's never going to be the perfect time to leave a job. There's always going to be something that comes up that keeps you there. But I think you have to trust your intuition and you have to be in a place where you know, you might be uncertain for a few months or even a year of finances not coming in steadily, but are you okay to keep that light and keep that passion going throughout it all? Yeah. What is your overall vision with this space? 
Well, let me tell you a little bit about the collective office where I'm renting my space. So it's a co-working office. Um, so as I mentioned, Christine Carr um, is the office manager and she organizes everything. She runs her business out of the, co the collective. She's a branding and marketing consultant or something like that. <laughs> it's not very good advertisement. Um, and then she rents out, like subleases, all the different office spaces to other entrepreneurs, um, primarily female entrepreneurs, which I love. There is a life and branding coach, a photographer, um, and a couple of um, social worker, counselor, uh, women who have private practice. So that's kind of the vibe that this place has. And when, again, when I first came to look at it, I was just thinking somewhere to teach yoga. Okay. A room that I can lay some mats down. That's a bit bigger than my basement. Right. Okay. And then when I started to kind of sketch out my own schedule, it kind of occurred to me, well, one, I don't want to teach 50 classes a week. I also don't like to sweat, as I mentioned. So I don't <laughs> want to be teaching my power yoga. I want to stick to like the gentle and restorative stuff. There are so many teachers out there. Some people may say that the industry is inundated with them and overwhelmed with them. But I would disagree. I think that there's a teacher for everybody. Yeah. There's students for every teacher. So we've connected. You probably feel the same way. It was so many amazingly intelligent, kind, loving people who have this passion for yoga and self-care, meditation, anything like that. And everyone has their own unique view and unique offering. So it occurred to me, like, why can't, why don't I connect and collaborate with some other teachers to help them and support them in creating their own yoga offerings or wellness offerings or whatever it is. So that's kind of where I started. So to answer your question about what my vision is, it's turned into that my vision is I'm calling my space that I rent a collaborative yoga space, which you kind of uh, said it earlier, as opposed to calling it a studio. Because really it is just one room where we can do yoga in it. But that vibe of just bringing new yoga teachers or even somewhat experienced yoga teachers in to kind of create their own class or offering whatever they're passionate about. And I want to be here as someone that can support people in that and help them to build their own brand in a way. That's amazing. I think that's, it's such a nice community aspect to bring yeah. to the table. I find and this might just be kind of where we currently live, but a lot of studios seem to want only their own teachers. So they come from a very specific style and a specific mm. teaching. And that's, you know, sometimes you, you need a little bit of variety and you might not have students who do all the offerings or all the workshops, but at least there's such a nice variety of things going on and, I just, I love what you have coming up. Uh, I think you have a lot of really interesting workshops and I think it's going to attract a lot of different people. And I think it's nice that it, you've called it a collaborative space or a community space mm -hmm. as opposed to a yoga studio. Yoga studio can scare a few people off. Collaborative space sounds very friendly and welcoming to everyone. Well, that's what I want it to feel like. I mean, I didn't set out with that as being my vision, like I said, but it's really blossomed into that. And I just feel so grateful that I actually have this opportunity to share my opportunity with other people because it is hard to get a spot to teach. Like you said, like people want 
you like you said teachers that have trained with them or in a certain style and there's only so many classes that can be taught in a day i don't love the style of how yoga teachers are compensated for their work i think that it is lacking a little bit yeah um, I would so that bothers me i think sometimes there are restrictions on the type of content people can teach you know like oh we need someone to teach a power flow on wednesday mornings and it's like well what if i don't want to teach power flow yeah but like i think everyone has their own kind of unique span on everything and they can make it their own and I, I that is really meaningful for me and so that's why I'm so excited to be able to do that with other people and have that sense of community because for me I never really felt like a part of a community before I started yoga I was I'm very introverted and I kind of like my own space and I always struggled to make friends and keep friends because of maybe some of my quirks of needing to rest after a day and hanging out with people um, but yeah, like I just, now that I'm into yoga and, and meeting so many amazing people, I actually do feel like part of a community and I want to ex extend that and continue that and grow that more and break down barriers because there are some barriers in yoga, I think. Um, there can be a bit of cliqueiness and a bit of like, you know, we're in this one studio or this one style or, you know, whatever it is. I just think that yeah. breaking down those barriers and making yoga accessible to everybody regardless of who you are and what your body is like or what your experience has been that's why the community collaborative part of it is so meaningful for me amazing I would love for you to offer or kind of let everybody know where they can find you uh, your website your social media what can it, what kind of services can they get from Nicole okay um yeah, so my business um, is really just under my name. Uh, it's Nicole Thomas Yoga and Wellness. And like I said, my collaborative yoga space is out of the collective offices, which is in Bowmanville. Um, the address is 93 King Street West. And if you are familiar with Bowmanville, it is above the Amish Furniture Store <laughs> and the Village Inn Pub. I grew up in Bowmanville, so it's actually really exciting for me to have my business in my hometown um right. it feels really exciting to come home and then go and have lunch with my mom whenever I want <laughs> um disaster. And some of the programs that I'm offering um, right now so we do have a weekly um, regular yoga schedule We've got lunchtime yoga classes four days a week Monday through Thursday at 12 10 p.m it's a 50 minute uh, yoga class so that people can just pop in on their lunch break um, and just do a quick kind of work out and then go back to work or go back home to their kids, whatever uh, their day looks like. I have on my schedule a couple of evening classes, Tuesday and Thursday at five o'clock. And then I am also starting next week, April the 1st, a six week prenatal uh, yoga series, uh, Mondays at six o'clock. And then on Wednesday, starting April the 3rd at 5.30 p.m., a four-week introductory yoga series for beginners. And then some of my uh, co-collaborators, our friend JB, who's in our 300 hour, he has two offerings um, each week. Um, Monday nights at 8.30 p.m., he is doing Broga, which is yoga for men. And I know I'm going, I'm, I probably shouldn't list everything on my schedule, but I'm going That's to. okay, yeah. And then the other offering that JB has is on Tuesday evenings at 8.30 p.m. to 9.30 p.m. And this is another offering that he created. 
which is what I love so, so, so much about this collaborative opportunity, is that teachers can take their own passions and turn them into yoga classes. So JB loves poetry. He combines poetry into his yoga classes naturally. So he has created uh, Poetry in Motion Flow, a hybrid of yoga and poetry. And then on Thursday evenings, um, another uh, colleague of ours um, from 300 Hour, um, Erica, does a power flow. And it's a really playful, strength-building, um, sweaty <laughs> yoga <laughs> class, which is totally not my jam, but I just love that she's offering that. So those are my weekly uh, yoga classes. Um, and then one other thing that I want to... Oh, two other things, sorry, that I want to highlight. You have heard about this already, is our friend Nicole is doing her new moon intention um, and meditation workshop on April the 5th. And it's going to be a monthly workshop she's going to do for every new moon uh, to do intention settings around whatever energy that comes with each month's new moon. Um, and a guided meditation. So I'm super excited about that. Um, that's next Friday, April the 5th. Um, and it's just going to be so amazing. So it's, it's going to vary depending on when the new moon is. So the next one after that is on a Sunday evening. Um, and it just all corresponds with the cycle of the moon, which I think is just so beautiful. I'm so excited to participate in that as a student. Yeah, me too. I'm coming. I told Nicole that I have to sign up for it. <laughs> Yes, um, it's 50% sold out as of today, so wow. you're a ticket ASAP so that you don't miss out. Amazing. And then the last thing, um, we are doing um, once a month, starting at the end of April, uh, kids yoga. Cool. With um, a really wonderful uh, yoga teacher. She's a RYT 200 and a kids yoga certified teacher. Um, I met her in the kids yoga certification program, and as much as I like the idea behind kids yoga I don't really want to teach kids no um so the fact that she is all about it uh, she's a super mom and she kind of resonates with kids better than cat mom me so yeah so that one's going to start April the 27th and it's going to be the last Saturday of every month um on Saturday morning I'm super excited about all those things and I'm just adding more stuff all the time um right now I'm looking to add some morning classes and um, weekend classes. I myself haven't done it, added any weekend classes just because I'm busy with the two, 300 hour, um, yeah. a lot of weekends. So um, maybe in June when we're done, I may add myself on the schedule for Saturday, but I'm just trying to find more teachers to collaborate with and help them build their own classes. Uh, so those are kind of the days of the week, morning and weekend that I'm looking for. So I'm super excited to, connect with more people and add more classes to my roster. It's going to be super exciting. Amazing. And where, how can people find you and connect with you if they want to do these classes? Uh, so my website is um, Nicole Thomas RYT. Um, so that's N-I-C-O-L-E-T-H-O-M-A-S. RYT.com. And I'm also Nicole Thomas RYT. Um, on all social media, um, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Um, that's where you can find me to find my schedule. Yeah. Perfect. I will link all of that in the show notes as well. So if someone's driving or they don't have like a pen or paper handy, they can just follow those links in the show notes. Perfect. 
This has been such a great conversation, Nicole. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast and sharing your magic and your plans with everyone. Thank you. Can I plug one more thing? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, so on April the 18th, um, downtown Bonneville does all these like festivals and stuff, um, usually every month. So on April the 18th, it's the girls shopping night out and the collective office is going to be doing an open house. Cool. That's just a way to promote businesses in the area. Um, shops will be open late, probably have sales, those sorts of things. So we'll have an open house, free coffee and tea, maybe some munchies. Um, the counselors will be around, life coaching for kind of meet and greets and get to know what services are available through the collective offices. And I'm hosting a handmade pop-up shop. Um, cool. So myself and a few others. So I didn't get into this, but I'm also a knitter. So I will be selling some of my knitted stuff that my sister and I make. And then a few other um, handmade vendors will be there as well, um, including Kathia, who's there, Back to Nature Mama. She'll be there. Uh, so you get to be able to come and maybe sample some of her stuff at the pop-up shop. Amazing. Thank you so oh, much. for Oh, perfect. Okay. I will link all of that too, as well in the show notes for people. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much, Nicole. Thank you, Megan. Take care. So once again, thank you to my guest, Nicole Thomas for being on the podcast. And sorry, you can, you probably hear I've been, <laughs> I've been ill all week. So I do apologize for the state of my voice. If you haven't already checked out Nicole's Instagram or website, go do so, or you can go visit her in person in Bowmanville. I would also love, if you loved this podcast episode, please rate and review it and share it with a friend. I'm also going to start sharing it on my social media, my Instagram stories, so if you've listened to it, take a screenshot of it, tag me in it so I can reshare it with the audience with all of my followers and I really want to get more people involved in the yoga world whether it's through yoga asana and that's how they're coming in or through meditation there's so much more to yoga as I'm sure you guys are starting to realize from listening to these podcasts or maybe you already know someone you know the power of it so by rating and reviewing this podcast we can get more people involved and just to share the joy of yoga don't forget to subscribe to the podcast channel today so that you never miss a weekly video. And if you want to come hang out with me in person, make sure you check out the yoga retreat that I'm having in November of this year. And finally, before I leave you guys for this week, if you know anyone who should be on the show, please send me an email and that can be sent to podcast at balancedbymegan.com. I will link that in the show notes. Just let me know if it's you and if you should be on the podcast. Uh, I will send you some questions just to get started. Or if you know someone else who should be on it, just send me their information and I will reach out to them. With that, I hope you have a great rest of your week and namaste.